Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Really? That's actually what you really do to cope with a breakup? Wow. And that actually makes you feel better? I, I, I mean, yeah, good for you. somehow cover up the pain, not eating enough, or, you know, in some cases, not eating at all, putting ourselves in risky situations. Vague and cryptic social media posts on every single social media format. More alcohol. A date with a new guy the very next day. A cheesy rom-com with a terrible message in hopes that that message will somehow make us feel better and forget all about the pain. More alcohol. Drugs. A random grinder hookup. A night out with the guys or a bitch session with the best. Listen, there are so many different ways that we all try our very best to cope with a breakup. But which of these that I just mentioned is the way that you cope with a breakup? So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill. And let's explore the entire notion of what it means to actually break up with your boyfriend and what happens next.
are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host. Popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Ronnie Washburn here. And welcome back to the show that really just is the number one coping mechanism that you need when you break up with your boyfriend in the podcast world. My Gay Expose podcast. And on this week's expose, we explore the entire notion of what it means to cope with a breakup and what we all do as individuals to cope with said breakup. This week, I'm going to give you the long list of all the serious relationships that I've been in my past, how I broke things off with each one of them, and how I coped and moved on to the next after each one. And this week on the Your Gay Expose segment, I reached out to a few of my friends, as well as all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there and asked you how you cope with a breakup. Like, what do you do in your life that helps you get through to that next phase in your life? And explain. So we'll collect some of those answers this week. But first, before we actually open up that tub of Ben and Jerry's and pour an entire glass of wine into a huge plastic cup. First, let's hop into this week's re-expose. Welcome to this week's Re-Expose, the segment in which I take the time to reassess, re-examine, re-explain, restart over, or just re-say shit that I said in past episodes that either you didn't fully understand, I didn't fully understand, you came for me and I felt like I needed to readdress, or once I re-listened through for an edit, I was like, ugh, my fuck, what the hell? I just, uh, ugh, what a goddamn mess. That definitely merits a re-expose. All right, you guys, this week I can't laugh because I've had like this really fucking fucked up cold and flu that has sort of gone into my chest and... I have a doctor's appointment next week. I think I might have potential walking pneumonia. So whenever I laugh, I have like a fucking smoker's cough laugh. So I'm going to try really hard not to do that this week. But I will say this. It just blows my fucking mind that the Eat Ass Master class, uh, as I predicted, is probably one of the highest performing exposés in a very, very fucking long time. So what that means is most of you gays are openly saying out there that you do not and will not eat ass. But yet, 
You want to know what it's like to eat ass because you clearly listened in to last week's expose in large numbers. And you know, I just don't understand it. It, I, okay, maybe I should understand it. But at any rate, thank you so much for just being the best part of my gay expose podcast yet again. You guys, I really need all of you to, if you haven't yet, go to Positive Plus One, P plus sign one in the Apple App Store or the Android, like Google Play Store or whatever the fuck it is, and download this app. You guys, I am loving some of the stories that I am hearing from this app. They're so fucking incredible. And I just need all of you to make this a part of your life as well. And I want to see all of you out there, you guys. So when you get the opportunity, go to positiveplus1.com or once again, P plus one in the search bar for the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. One last thing before we segue into the rest of this week's expose. You guys, please, please, please link in this week's show notes, link in all of my social media bios, link in every single one of my websites. I need all of you to help me out by donating to my 2024 AIDS life cycle journey. And I can't do it without your help. I'm trying to raise $3,500 for the most incredible organization that I have ever been so proud to be involved with. And, you know, we're getting closer and closer to June. And so what that means is I need you to all help me out. Please, please, please. If you pretty much just Google Ronnie Washburn, you can find a way to donate to my AIDS life cycle journey. So before we get my gay expose on this week's topic of conversation, it just so happens to have a all the reasons why I broke up with XYZ themed undertone. First, let's get your gay expose. And this week, the question was asked to a few of my friends, as well as all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there. What coping mechanism do you use in your life each time you break up with a boyfriend? And explain. So let's get some of those responses now. Michael says, I have just learned to focus on the rest of my life and not be bothered by the past. That's the best way that I cope with a breakup. Looking forward. Timothy says, I just don't leave my bed. I keep the TV on to distract me. But then what I find is that like years later, I look back on whatever it is that I watched in those moments. And all it does is remind me of that breakup. Dustin says, I just have to throw myself into lots of sex. My straight brother Ryan says as follows, to get over someone, you get under someone. It actually sounds crass, but it actually helps you to figure out if you miss her pussy or butthole or whatever it is that you're into. 
Harper says, when I went through my most horrible breakup ever, I actually kind of hit my mom's medication bottle in regards to her antidepressants, and that seemed to help me a lot. But honestly, it always came to the next day, and I'd have to sit there and think, how can I get through this without a pill? Dawn says, bitching on social media usually makes me feel better, although I really don't like to be that person. Abraham says, I've learned that the only thing that works is time. I was heartbroken when this gay dumped me in my early 30s, and I was drinking and going out all the time. But it was the months that passed by that were the true coping mechanism. Wow. Well fucking said, girl. Well fucking said. <laughs> Matthew says, I need to be in a relationship in order to have a breakup. Justin says, I usually turn to food for happiness, especially when it's something devastating like a breakup. But oftentimes I'll find that if I eat too much, then all I feel is depressed and bloated. Jason says, lots and lots of alcohol. Peter says, usually some sort of drinking binge. Mitch says, lots and lots of drinking. Dana says, alcohol. Daryl says, breakups have always been tough for me. But as a preference, for some reason, in relationships, I tend to only top. So after a breakup, I talk with friends and my therapist for emotional support, but also usually like to go be a slutty bottom just to get fucked by a few dozen guys the first week and then after go get an STI test and then back to the therapist to resolve issues, to get back to real life and process through the breakup over the next several months. Stan says, alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. Josiah says, I just distract myself with other boys. Michael number two says as follows, alcohol is the only thing that gets me through a breakup says, I put on a fake smile and move on to the next until that smile is actually real and no longer fake. Kevin says, what makes me feel better after a breakup is getting some new dick. And as usual, all of these answers are just one big giant cluster fuck of really just all over the place. And I have to say, I feel that these are all pretty much what I feel most people do in regards to coping with the breakup. So let's just get into what I've done in the past, all the different things that I've done with each boy and all the reasons why. And I will just let you all know out there how I have coped with each one of my breakups over the years, over the better part of like two fucking decades. But if you didn't get your answer read this week, don't worry. Just continue to follow on Instagram at Exposing My Gay. And remember, 
The funnier the answer, the more likely you will be read live on the show. You can also catch the question each week on mygayexposepodcast.com just in case you miss the Instagram story. You could submit it there. It's easy. Check it out when you get the chance. And now, let's get my gay expose and you'll find out how fucked up in the head I get when I deal with a breakup. All right, you guys, listen. I wanted to take this quick time out to ask you for a huge favor. I need all of you right now in this moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and click five stars. This helps us in the podcast world out so much more than you will ever know. It actually gets us to that trajectory that we're actually already on our way to just a little bit faster. And it makes things start happening. I really just need your help. Please, if you wouldn't mind, just go to Apple Podcasts, click five stars. And if you don't want to click five stars, just, well, keep that click to yourself. (laughs) But you can also rate five stars on Spotify too. So wherever you listen to your podcasts, please, I need your help. Click five stars and allow my gay expose podcast to get to that next best thing. So how do you guys cope with a breakup? Listen, there are so many different coping mechanisms out there that we all flock to just to see if somehow doing one of these activities will somehow make us feel better. And, you know, some of these things are actually pretty healthy, you know, things that you could potentially pursue to get your mind off the situation. But, you know, if you're anything like me, which I'm thinking that most of you probably all are, you find yourself flocking to one of the most unhealthy situations that you could possibly ever think of in order to get your mind off of that breakup. And, you know, truth be told, I feel like my biggest go-to in regards to a breakup is just downloading Grinder instantly, finding the first guy that will fuck me, and just getting that hot jock top dick plunged deep within my ass in hopes to completely erase any memory of any relationship that I had been in up to that moment. And that few moments of fucking hopefully will make me feel just a little bit better as I do my gay walk of shame home. But chances are, once I get home, I'm not going to feel any better. So what do you do in order to cope with a breakup? You know, this week, I actually thought it would be fun to go over all the list of different boyfriends that I've had over the better part of two decades and let you all know who they are, why I was with them, why we broke up, and how I was able to cope with each and every one of the breakups. So, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just get into that shit now. The year was 2009, and it was my very first post-coming-out-of-the-closet boyfriend, otherwise known as Scott. 
Now, you guys, I met Scott on Adam for Adam. Yes, I know I'm aging myself. And I know the kids have no fucking idea what Adam for Adam actually even is. But let me just explain it to you this way. It was basically like our grinder for a PC. So in other words, this was pre-iPhone, pre-app, pre-all of that moment. And so this was the only way that we were able to like hook up as gays, aside from, you know, going out into the wild, like a real life member of society and going to a gay club and spotting some guy across the dance floor and taking him home and, and take advantage of him. Like it was the only real way that we had to hook up with guys aside from, you know, actually going and meeting somebody face to face like people used to do. It was the new revolutionary way to basically get on your pixelated PC once the dial-up like went through, you got the guy's information, you exchanged photos, you got his address, you had to write it down on a piece of paper, and then you had to Google map that shit before you left because if you didn't know where you were going, you couldn't bring your computer with you, right? You just had to actually make sure you knew exactly where you were going before you got into your car and left your house. And back then, I somehow we just all figured out a way to make it work. And so I met Scott this way and it sort of just, we began to hang out a lot and we began to, you know, date slowly. It wasn't really anything that we sort of talked about. It just kind of happened. We started hanging out a lot and having sex a lot. And, and, you know, one thing led to another. And I remember one day we just had a conversation and just like that, we were boyfriends. And it was only a matter of a few months before Scott was moving in to my Roseville apartment. And I remember like about a year into the relationship thinking to myself, fuck, like this guy is such a child. He's just like having a second son. My son was really young at the time and I did have like the majority of the custody in this specific moment, but it was a moment where I realized one day I just like woke up and I was like, I have two children. And I don't really feel like I have the energy for two children. And it was only a matter of time before Scott and I had broken up. I had mentally prepared myself. I had broke the news to him that I wanted to split. And he was going to need to find a new place to live. And just like that, I was in the parking lot of that very same apartment just days later, making out with Peter. Now, maybe that was my coping mechanism to break up with a boy, and instantly just move on to the next boy that would pay me any sort of attention. And Peter did just that. In fact, Peter paid me so much attention so quickly and so aggressively that I just didn't really know how to digest it. And, you know, what I did learn about dating Peter was that he was a very toxic individual. And he just ate up drama. Like, that's all he lived for was drama. Like, I remember just getting into some of the craziest fucking fights with him. But I will say this, the makeup sex was amazing. But that being said, I just couldn't handle the toxicity. And my son was still super young. I just didn't really want him to be around that. And so for that reason, I decided to break things off with Peter after about nine months of dating. Once again, in order to get my mind off that breakup, because I again had mentally prepared myself for that breakup, I just downloaded Grinder and 
hooked up with the first guy that paid me any sort of attention. And it just so happens that this guy, who I went over to his house to have sex, it seemed like he wanted just a little bit more. And I started going over to his house to have sex a little bit more often. And then he started coming over to my house to have sex a little bit more often. And then the next thing I knew, we were dating. And this is the boyfriend known as E. Now, E was arguably probably one of the most boring boyfriends I ever had, which is ultimately why I ended things with him. But also probably the most healthy relationship looking back that I had been in up to this point because he actually was really good for me. I, of course, just didn't see it at the time. And I didn't know that because he was such a good guy to me, that that's exactly why I wanted to move on and find something that was just a little bit more exciting. And so when I broke things off with E over the phone, it was a really hard breakup because he did not take it well, you guys. He did not take it well at all. But it was just a matter of, again, days before I was meeting up with Alan for coffee. And we hit it off. Things went really well. And Alan was just really spontaneous and exciting. He wanted to go places. He, We would be sitting on the couch of my Sacramento apartment and he'd be like, let's just go to Reno. Let's just go to Tahoe. Let's just go to San Francisco. Let's just go to LA. Let's just go for the weekend. Let's just go do things. And he was fun and it was a lot of, I mean, we had a great time together, truthfully. We definitely had a really great time together. But Alan had a best friend who was a little jealous that Alan was sharing his attention with this friend, with me. And so this friend did everything he could to create a moment where it just became one of the most dramatic breakups of all time. And I finally ended things with Alan because I simply couldn't handle the drama anymore. And it was only a matter of time before I was hitting my friend up, Justin, who lived in San Francisco. And I was like, listen, I just broke up with my boyfriend. I just want to get the fuck out of Sacramento for the weekend. Any chance that I could come stay with you for that weekend and just get my mind off all of this bullshit and just like get away and see a new city and do new things and whatever. And Justin, of course, was happy to oblige. I went and stayed with him. And of course, because, you know, I'm in San Francisco, I did the only logical thing I could think to do. I redownloaded Grindr. And you guys, I was new meat in San Francisco. And the amount of messages that I received mere moments after my car crossed the Bay Bridge, I was just so overwhelmed with all these messages. It was unfucking real I was eating up all the attention, you guys. I was loving it. I was having a great weekend. And as all the guys continuously tried to get me to come over and fuck, I didn't feel like I was in the right headspace to have sex with anyone. So one by one, I just kept turning each of these guys' inquiries for sex down. And I noticed that with each time I turned down a guy, they just either blocked me or ghosted me or I just never heard from them again. And it like, ended up tapering down to only a couple of guys left, which one, by the way, ended up being my future ex-husband. I ended up meeting him at a bar called The Cinch, and we just hit it off. I remember we basically had, I was like, I only want one drink because I have to go home. I have to drive home. I can't, you know, drink too much. And, 
you know, five, six vodka sodas later, I found myself in his bed having hot, passionate sex with him and somehow finding myself doing that long distance boyfriend moment. Well, I know I've talked about this on the show in the past, you guys, but like my ex-husband and I basically met in February of 2013. We officially became a couple in March of 2013. He proposed to me in July of 2013, and we were married in October of, wait for it, 2013. That's right. I met and married a man in less than a year, which was the biggest fucking mistake to this day that I have ever made. I will say this, though. We did get married. He quit his job and picked up his life and moved down to Sacramento with me and my son. And then once he realized he hated Sacramento, he came home from work one day and said, hey, I got a job offer in San Francisco. I also have a room lined up for us. Let's go. And so this is my way of saying, I feel like meeting my ex-husband was fate because if it wasn't for him, I never would have ended up in San Francisco. And so fate just sort of has a funny way of playing itself out. And you know, we were having problems at the time. I actually will cover very extensively a lot more in detail my relationship with my ex-husband in my upcoming book entitled Gay Walk of Shame, coming your way so very soon. Basically, long story short, it was a matter of two, three months before I remember walking into the bedroom that we shared in San Francisco and I said, hey, listen, I think I'm done. I'm so sick of trying to make this relationship work. And I think I'm ready for a divorce. And then it was, again, just a matter of weeks before I was in the arms of Brayden. Brayden and I hit it off so amazing. Brayden had, you know, lived in San Francisco for over 13 years. I was brand new to a new city and just broke up with my husband. I didn't know anything about living in this new city. And Brayden showed me everything that I needed to know in that year that we were together. And it was such a good year. And truth be told, Brayden is one of the few boyfriends that I've broken up with that I am still currently to this day friends with. Like, one of my best friends, in fact. In fact, this is the bitch that is on all of my emergency contact bullshit. Like, if I go into the hospital tomorrow, he's the person that they're contacting even though that fucking bitch just picked up and moved down to San Diego, he's still that friend that I can undyingly trust implicitly. With that being said, once he and I broke things off, I basically realized that I was so sick of just jumping into relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. And just as a side note, Brayden, by the way, out of the all the guys on this list, is the only one that broke up with me. That's right. I'm going to say that one more time. He is the only one that broke up with me. So for all these other guys, like I had time to mentally prepare how I was about to feel in the moments leading into the breakup situation. But with Brayden, I didn't even see it coming. As far as I knew in that moment, we were having a great time together. And so when he sat me down and told me that he was done, I was not only shocked, but I was fully, full-on devastated. And in that devastation, I realized that the only way to get my mind off that devastation was to download Grinder and shove some hot jock tops dick deep within 
my ass. And so, what's a gay to do in a brand new city? Oh, wait, be a fucking whore. And in that moment, in the year 2017, my gay walk of shame era commenced. And for about two and a half to almost three years, I literally lived my best gay life and have like come up with some of the most iconic stories that you've heard on this very show to this very day within this gay walk of shame era to a place where I'm actually writing a book about it because it's just too iconic to keep to myself. But that being said, it was only a matter of time before I ended up meeting Robert. Now, Robert was obviously very, very not good for me in so many ways. And that, I think, is why I wanted to be with him. And we actually were COVID boyfriends. So we met in 2019. We got together. And then COVID happened. And I sort of feel like COVID specifically made it so that we ended up staying together longer because we were together for like two and a half years. And I don't really feel like we would have made it that far if it wasn't for the uncertainty of COVID. Well, Robert and I broke things off and I just decided that I really was so sick of just seeking out a guy right after a breakup. I just needed a break from all of that. It was just time for me to do my own thing, live my own life, do me, focus on this show because at the time the show was getting a lot of attention and, you know, a lot of projects were kind of falling into my lap. And so I just sort of took my sight off the boys, you know, for the most part. But, you know, when you take your sight off the boys, that's when the boys unexpectedly find you. I met Will in January of 2023, and we really hit it off. He was from L.A., and he was not San Francisco, and I think that in itself enticed me in, and I was just really into him because he wasn't San Franciscan, and I just had my fill of like dating San Francisco guys and all of the fucked up bullshit that goes along with that. And Will was just a little different. And he had like these grand ideas of like becoming famous and getting into the, you know, Hollywood eye and doing videos and being a talk show host. Like he had all these different dreams and aspirations. And I sort of felt like our goals sort of were in sync. But Will had a lot of things that he was working through that really put barriers on our relationship. But we actually did solidify, you know, being in a monogamous relationship together. And then as soon as we did that, like weeks later, he pretty much told me that he was moving back to L.A. And I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, why are you moving back to L.A.? If we just got together and then I thought, well, maybe this actually will be good because then I can focus on my business and I won't be distracted by hanging out with him all the time. Let's just see where this goes. Well, Will was like having issues with his boss, I guess. And so he gave his boss an ultimatum. Like, I guess his boss had promised him a raise, but then the boss just kind of pretended like he didn't understand that, like he had already said that and he just kind of ignored that. And so Will was getting upset. And so he decided to confront him about it and he sort of gave him an ultimatum. And after he gave him that ultimatum, his boss just kind of went MIA and didn't respond to any of his texts or phone calls or any of it. And so he would constantly call me just 
complaining about how poor he was, how he had no money, how now he doesn't have a job, how this and that. And I just felt so weird about the whole situation because we were brand new. We were still getting to know each other. And my first instinct was to help him out by sending him money. But there was something inside of me that was saying, don't do it. You don't know him well enough yet. It's not a good idea. And so I offered and then he got all weird and hung up the phone with me. And I was like, okay. And the next thing I know, I get a text message from him saying that he basically needs a break and that he needs to get his head above water and that he just needs to get his shit together and he'll hit me up once that shit is gotten together. Truthfully, reading that text, I never expected to hear from him ever again. And so what did I do to cope? I just re-downloaded all the fucking Hinge and Grinder and all of that other bullshit once again. And I just decided that I was going to be single and do my thing. Once again, another failed attempt at love with a man. Well, this story actually gets a little interesting. Because that's when I met my current fiancé, Nikesh. Now, Nikesh and I are both Virgos. And so it's just so easy for us to get along. We get along so well. I can't even put into words how well we get along. And the love that I have for this boy is so intense. More intense than I have to say than any other guy from my past. I just know it so much in the depths of my heart that I am head over heels in love with this boy. So, you know, it, like maybe a month later, we get start talking. We decide to become a couple. We start seeing each other, start to get to know each other. Things are going really well. Everything I want and more in this relationship is just perfect. All the boxes are being checked. Everything is great. And then one day, Will just randomly called me. He leaves me a voice message saying that he got his head above water and he's ready to revisit our relationship. And in that moment, I will never forget that shit as long as I live. I went to a bar where a bartender friend of mine was working. I explained the whole situation. And this friend was like, well, no, fuck that shit. What does he expect you to just sit around and wait for him for months and months on end? That's bullshit. You need to tell him you're seeing someone else and just tell him that's it, the end. And I did just that. And I remember saying, okay, give me a shot and then I'm going to send this text. So the bartender friend gave me a shot. I built up the liquid courage to send the text and I sent it. And you guys, the response, it was not a good one. He was really nasty. And it made me realize that I'm so glad that I didn't stay with him because this character flaw that I just witnessed in this moment probably would have presented itself at some point in our future together, and I would have ended up breaking up with him anyway. So it literally was fate that it just so happens that I met Nikesh and things went the way it did. And truth be told, I wouldn't have it any other way. Nikesh and I are going strong. We're engaged to be married. We plan on having a long engagement. We still don't know when we're getting married just yet, but this is the healthiest relationship that I feel I have ever been in my life. And in my head, this is the best time for me to be in a relationship like this, this healthy type of relationship. I have been waiting for this moment for so long now, and not any Will or any other toxic boy from my past 
will change that. And that's it. So what do we learn today, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights, hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender and questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot. Or at any rate, you just learned my entire history in regards to all the men that I've dated, broken up with and moved on for whatever reason. And now you have the entire roster, the entire lineup, and now you can see, especially if you're a therapist out there, exactly what it is that I do in order to cope. And it's not always a good thing, but it's always like a thing that I end up doing. But it's not necessarily a bad thing either. Sometimes, right? I mean, or maybe I'm just delusionally telling myself that to make myself feel better. But at any rate, I am in the healthiest relationship that I have ever been in in my life. And I think the best place in my mind about myself mentally as well. So I think that sort of helps. But at any rate, I just want to hear from all of you hot jock tops and bossy power bottoms out there. What the fuck do you think? What is your coping mechanism? How do you move on from a breakup? Give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and tell me all about it. I really just want to know. And with that, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Click five stars. Follow on Spotify. Don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of My Gay Expose podcast right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and threads. Oh, sorry. And Positive Plus One all at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the official show website, mygayexposepodcast.com. And there you'll find any information you need to know about the show, including the official show question of the week for the Your Gay Expose segment each and every week. And don't forget to check out the official show merch line, Bossy Power Bottom Wear at RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com and pick your next piece for your upcoming gay or pride-related event. And don't forget to join us next week for another message salacious and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn and I will break up with all of you next time.
This week's expose has been brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Want to know more? Go to bossypowerbottom.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with Bossy Power Bottom Productions.